0: Welcome to season two of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of
1: vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so happy that you have joined us today, either on YouTube or on one of our podcasts. You have streams. a lot of
0: faith that this is going to be able to go yes. on YouTube.
1: Well, listen, audience, I just want you to know, Sua just showed me her bicep. And oh god, Listen, you, you got to log on to YouTube to see Stop. it. I'm not see showing it. you my bicep. This is so she said she doesn't have a bicep, so I said, "Let me see it," and she actually flipped. Sitting in front of the microphone, so I couldn't see her bicep because her microphone got in the way. And then she went in front, and I saw it. and I was like, "Whoa, you have a legit bicep!" I think that's because you, have, you really have a legit bicep.
0: Expectations for me,
1: okay? But can you please show our audience your bicep, oh. please? Just Everybody one flex.
0: has biceps without. Oh, muscles, I know you everyone can't has your it, body, but
1: not. But not everyone can see somebody's bicep. But this you is have a so
0: embarrassing. Bicep. When I get like a Please. six pack, then maybe like I will show
1: No, no, no. We don't want to see your bicep. We just want to see your bicep. Show us your bicep. Come on. This is no?
0: so embarrassing. This is
1: great for our youth. Right, I'll show you people, I'll show you my subscribe. bicep,
0: but it's so sad because like it's not even a big this bicep. This is an and advertisement for
1: bitonal. This is an advertisement for tonal. Yeah, will Tonal give, give me money?
0: I mean, I've I've uh, only maybe. had the tonal I've done of the tonal Maybe they'll give you a lifetime membership.
1: You don't have to pay this, the monthly yeah, fees. This Who knows? is a
0: tonal bicep formed in a month and a half okay. of tonaling.
1: Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All Come right. on. I even, let's I even play wore it. My,
0: my top that um shows off. I can roll it up really easily. All right. You ready, guys? <laughs> Bam. Look at that bicep. Yo, definition. look at that bicep.
1: Wow. I'm telling you. All right. So now <laughs> so the so goal. Hard. You see the nice there? Now the goal is to make it look like a little ball. All right. Now it's, I want to see that ball. Yeah. 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 You know, but that's I, nice. That's nice. Okay. I can't believe um, I could see it from here. That's pretty okay. impressive.
0: It's not like seeing the freaking um, great wall from like, you know, outer space. Like this is literally the distance <laughs> of like not even one feet here. Like, come on. No, But
1: the reason why I'm saying that is because in my, in my home, the women, you, if they flex their bicep, you can't see the line. There's no line. There's. I, I know say, everyone has a bicep, but you cannot see their bicep if i, I look like bicep the ladies in the, your family through, through i wouldn't even
0: exercise
1: oh no no no, no. anyway so that's uh but but that that's impressive Sua. i just want to say i'm really impressive I'm but that's so not embarrassed. that is not our opening thing That's so you have to log on to youtube and look at Suha's bicep. <laughs> i'm doing
0: but, it for the pod
1: yo but Sua, honestly <laughs> the way you rolled up your sleeve it was like you were so looking forward to doing this yeah, <laughs> you could just like, like one? yeah you, you know i wore <laughs> a shirt where i could just roll I up my sleeve wearing- so easily <laughs> that was hilarious yeah but
0: you know what's sad is like these aren't even like real gains. check with me in like six (laughs) months apparently i've been following i've been following all of these like muscle building ladies now and it says that um yeah it says that for a true build you need a minimum of six to eight months and it's only been like a month and a half okay Okay. so
1: so i i don't i don't want to see the arm get like wider i just want (laughs) to see that muscle that we see so this is great we'll have a we'll have we'll have a a video Mm of this. We'll see your bicep now. And in six months, when we come back for season three, because we think the summer's off, the first thing we will do is you will have to show us your bicep I just want to
0: say that I feel like we've had a lot of um, critiques about how all we do is talk about body and muscles. Um, I just want to
1: say I'm super impressed by your bicep. That was a very impressive that's bicep. That's what happens so if you excellent. have low
0: expectations of people. They just surprise <laughs> you. That's That's actually my motto in life. If you keep your oh, expectations man. low, you'll never be disappointed
1: oh man this is I'm having so much fun this is great the way you rolled up that sleeve you were just like it's Wait, burning it your in brain shame. forever let me see let me see let me see I'm no you just rolled up like yeah I wore a shirt that's I'm so wearing easy to roll up.
0: I'm wearing a shirt that is so loose my goal by the end of the summer is to fill this shirt and be like no, you know those no. people you know those do people a, that like can't a, even like, put their arms down why would you want to fill
1: <laughs> why would you want to fill that you know, shirt you know that's what I'm talking about. you know
0: those people that like their arms are so big that when they can't even put their like arms down like they're always like yeah. out in midair. yeah
1: yeah yeah those people have to register their arms at the police station because they're considered lethal weapons. They're considered was lethal weapons. Was that
0: supposed to be a joke?
1: No, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. There's certain there's You're uh, joking. these people. No, that really, big. No,
0: that is a lie no. from Satan's mouth. No way. Are you making a joke about yes, the guns? Yes, way. Quote unquote, guns, they're guns? real. No. Well, all I know is this, when
1: That's I when I was true. when I was no Mr. Barone. When I was in sixth grade, Mr. Barone and Mr. Panasini. These teachers in Powell Park, Google
0: this, right? Mr.
1: Panasini was like he used to be a former like 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 bodybuilder, or weightlifter, or whatever. He had to register his arms because if he actually punched someone, he would get more indicted. No. Because no. his arms are considered lethal weapons.
0: No, I just looked All it right? up and there's literally not a single article about this. Do you they have, to have to register extra Stripping large arms? biceps?
1: No, but if you have, if you're just say something no. is, is, is your arms being considered a lethal weapon? No,
0: there's nothing. Like, I think there's nothing. I think this teacher lied to you. It was supposed to be a joke. And you. Mr. Took Barone it lied to me. It's yeah, t- grade.
1: I'm very upset because you know what he was saying? Cause he was working out. He says, <laughs> He's he said joking. in a couple months, he said in a couple months, I have to register my arms. Yeah, I think so he, he was, was lying joking, to
0: me. PP. No, Barone, I think he was joking. Mr. Barone,
1: <laughs> I'm hurt. Because as a sixth grader, I actually believed you, and now I'm forty nine years old, and I still I, believe it. I'm literally on sitting you, here Mr. like, Barone. shame just, on you! Shame on you! I can't believe Mr. you believe Barone. it this whole time. Since sixth grade, I just thought if your arm got big, you had to register. Because if you punch somebody, does you that kill make
0: them. any logical sense to you? Think about what you're saying. This is like one of those things that like you learn as a kid, and you just believe it until one day you're like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait all a right, minute.
1: Masua, I, I don't want your arms to get that big where well, you're going to have to register them. All right. Quote, unquote. All right. Yeah. You're there at least Stay
0: tuned. Weapons. We shall see. If you want to find right, out, you'll right. have to come back for season three.
1: All right. So I don't want this opening question to take too long. Cause you know, we want to talk about something real cool. Uh, we think it's cool. You may not think it's cool, but we think it's cool. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, you know, we've talked about if there's one thing you know we could change about our spouse, what would it be? If there's one thing our spouse would want to change about us, what would it be? I would like to. I would like for you to answer. If there's one thing we can change about our kids, what would it be? So if there's oh, one thing you could change about Audrey, what would it be? If there's one thing you could change about uh, Lila, what would it be? And for me, I'll, I'll go for three. Of my all three of my kids. You know, so we have to share for each kid because our kids aren't is the this same.
0: Appropriate.
1: Absolutely. Do you think
0: my kids will later on hear this? And Who be cares? Like really Let them listen
1: to it. If they don't know it, then shame on you. You should have told them by now. God.
0: Okay. Well, how about you go? <laughs> I'm thinking about right, it. I'm thinking
1: right. about it. All right. Uh. So my my daughter Christina, my oldest. If there's one thing I could change about her is that she does um really want the approval of everyone, and so I think there is a sense of insecurity that she has that she carries with her. And so she really does care about how people see her. And so, like you know, I think like for her, if somebody would have come up to her and say, you know, you're a bad leader, you're a bad this, I think it would really hurt her. So I would love for her to grow in deeper self awareness. I would love for her to change that so that she could withstand any type of criticisms that come her way. Right. So that would be Christina. For Kayla, uh, I would love for her to be a little bit more proactive and a bit more Type A. Uh, She is such a B type b like personality that i have to be careful when i say b i'm not saying like the b word but oh. that she is so like she's so lax about things that i'm just like come on and she's so in some ways she's kind of like jenny and she can be quite indecisive and so i really would love for her to grow in that like when she knows what she wants like that she'll just go and she'll go for it you know that's her for christian the only thing I would love for him, uh, I hope he grows into, if I could change something about him, I wish he had the eye of the tiger.
0: What does that mean?
1: You know, you know what I'm talking about? The eye of the tiger. I, mean, I know
0: the song. I just don't know Come what on, it bro. actually means when you say You don't that.
1: know what it means? Bum, Come on, you don't know what the eye bum, of the tiger bum,
0: means? Bum, bum, you don't bum, know, bum, I know John
1: knows what the... John, bum, you know bum, what the eye of the tiger is. The eye of the tiger is this. That whenever you are put in like, like a pressure situation, so this is in his baseball. Like, if it's bases loaded in two outs, what happens? I, the Tiger, you do your best hitting when there's people on base, when there is the most pressure in a situation, like in baseball, that you thrive, that that's when you do your best hitting, that's when you do your best fielding, all that kind of stuff. And actually, with fielding, he's outrageously amazing. You know, but like, just the pressure, you know, baseball, 85% of baseball is mental, and only 15% actually is what you can do physically. At the end of the day, it's all about your mentality. And so I really wish he had, like, that killer instinct that either Tiger The Michael Jordan, you know, th- uh, two seconds left, they're down by one. Like, there are people that don't want to shoot the ball because they're so scared. What happens if I don't make it? Jordan is like, game of the ball. I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to make it. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not going to make it. I'm thinking about winning the yeah, game. Yeah, but there's That's people who,
0: like... Take the shot that is and then. I the, the tiger. There's people who take huh? a shot like Brett Favre and then they choke and then it gets intercepted and then they lose. It could go either way. Brett Favre
1: still won a Super Bowl. Favre still won one Super Bowl. I know, but he you could always say Jim choked. Kelly who went he zero for always four
0: choked. It's like you know you know who it's like um well anyway I don't, I don't want to go into the sport well, analogies he but always choked. I feel like that's whoa, whoa, hard, What is though. your
1: what is your issue with Brett Favre? He actually MVP. He won he a sent Super Bowl.
0: Pee pictures.
1: Ah, uh, what do you mean? He sent pictures of him peeing.
0: No, the the, um, his penis. mm -hmm. And also, apparently, it was really small. (laughs) I mean, that's not the reason why I'm upset about it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, He misjudged his his, his, um. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. So um,
1: my son has to. Let's not. My son mm -hmm. has to grow in this eye of the tiger. He doesn't have it yet, and I think he can. I'm hoping. How do you grow in that? Part of it is just believing in yourself and just wanting that to happen. So like, like, you know, I think there are people that are like, oh gosh, oh my goodness, this might be bases loaded and two outs and I have to hit the ball. Uh Oh, I'm not saying that he's there. I don't think he's there. But then there are those people like, oh my God, I hope, I hope bases are loaded and there's two outs and I get a hit and I win the game. Okay. But can I say something? Um, Yes.
0: As somebody who's not like a sports kind of person, um, I don't really know if I'd want my children to be like Michael Jordan or even like a Tiger Woods, or these people who like just thrive under pressure, who are like so ex- Why? Rude.
1: Why wouldn't you want them to thrive in those because moments, Because I think Sua?
0: the reason why they act like that is because their sense of self-worth is so inextricably yes. tied to their success. And I think that, I, I don't think it comes that. from a healthy place. I think a lot of these people, it comes <gasps> from a really toxic place. Like I think that Come killer on, instinct. Sua, stop no, this I'm nonsense. No, I'm just being honest. The killer instinct, I think, I have seen, I'm just being honest, I have. I don't have a lot of samples of people to base this on, but just in terms of watching people and how some of these people just thrive and are so cutthroat and they have that killer instinct, a lot of these people actually have a lot of emotional unhealth um, and later on yes. it bites them in the butt. Like it comes from a really bad place, like, and, you know, they can't handle like the loss you know, and you've seen the documentary on Michael Jordan. Like, he was a toxic, yeah. toxic man, you know, and um, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not saying you can't well, have both. I'm not saying you can't he, have both, but um, maybe yes. the problem was that you raised him in a too healthy of a way. And that's- He is
1: too confident who he is. He He's so self-aware. He's like, he doesn't care about what other people think. That's his problem. And I, think that's I, I want why to it's have so a little hard. bit more of a balance. I want to have a little bit more of a balance. This is so indicative because when he was 11 years old, he was playing in the All-Star team for uh, for our town. And he had the worst game ever. Like, you know, the, we lost. We lost. Is this is the, the one when
0: he just slept in the car and you, you were mad.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> mean, the kid struck out, I think, like three times. The guy was like barely pitching. was throwing terrible pitches. Like they lost, you know, and stuff. And like he could have contributed to the win, all that stuff. And he just, as soon as we get in the car, the dude just sleeps the whole time as we're going up to New Hampshire. And I'm like, how could this kid be sleeping? And part of it is this. Yeah, he doesn't find his identity in results. He doesn't find his identity. What happens? What doesn't happen? And so I can't disagree with you on that. But I would love for him to grow a little bit, a little bit in those moments. Like, I can't wait. No, I, I hear you. And
0: I'm not that. here to, you know, I'm not here to challenge you on the things that you wish your kids. And I completely see where, like, for example, like, I know I know you said you don't want to go along, but even like with Christina's thing, it's yeah. so hard to say, oh, she just cares a little bit too much about how others view her because as somebody who also did have a phase where she cared a lot about how others view her, Um, these are all like rites of passages. For example, especially for someone who's going to be a good leader, you need to go through a phase where you become extremely in tune with uh, what others want from you. Because if you can't even start from there, you can't get to a place where you can actually be a leader who is in tune with others. And I feel like you're looking at a 21-year-old, 20-year-old, whatever person and Mm. wishing that she had the maturity of like a 35-year-old. And I think you just can't get there. And obviously, yes, you see that. But like, To me, from the outside perspective, Christina being a freaking PK and the oldest of three, like she is actually so secure. Like she I don't understand how a PK who's the oldest can be the way she is. And so it's interesting because you say that and I know it's because you want the best for her and you want her to be her best self. But as an outsider looking in like man, like that is a success right there. Like that, that girl, she's so great. And I think she's right where she's supposed to be right now, getting the things that she needs to do in her own journey. You know, Kayla, I can't help you. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 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 Kayla, you know how I feel about Kayla. Like she's the love of my life. Like I just think she's- yeah. So lovely and charming. And, you know, I, I just feel like you're you're right. But I'm just telling you this as the outside person. No,
1: absolutely. I agree. Um, I agree. You're right. Yeah, she's 21. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about Christina is that she's so much like me. It scares me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I was just like her in my early 20s. Mm you know, and stuff and wanting the approval of everyone and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of living towards like certain expectations and things. So anyway, yeah. So she's so much like me in so many ways, but, but in other ways, she's so much healthier than I am, which is definitely like what you're saying. So she is, she's pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome. Yeah. Much prettier too. So anyway. Okay. So that's my kids. What about you?
0: Well my kids are still like not fully formed. I know, but still you still, know, still, um still, I mean there's still, definitely still, certain still. things. Like with Audrey, it's very easy. I just wish she would eat more foods. Like she's so picky. <laughs> yeah. And even when you give her like a tomato pasta tomato sauce pasta, which is the most basic as foods go, she sits there yeah. scraping off the pieces of tomato chunks off of her tomato sauce. Yo, like that sounds like, like that sounds
1: like Christian. Yeah.
0: Audrey just eat it like it's not that hard <laughs> just put it in your mouth and swallow it like come on yes, yes, and yes, I, that yes, would yes. make my life so, and you know Johnny has even resorted to threatening her that she, he's not going to take her on our family vacations anymore if she can't eat foods because it's, it's so funny so like when we were in Rome that's like, so was great really picky and so John was like well we're not taking you to the next one because if we go to like a really exotic place and there's no food for you then we can't deal with it so the next family vacation you're staying home if you can't eat it and she goes well where are we going for our next vacation Vacation. And John's like, where are we going? I'm like, Canada. <laughs> it's like, we're going to an exotic place called Canada. And if you can't eat the food there, then you can't go. <laughs> it's so funny.
1: Wait, you guys going to Niagara?
0: Yeah. It's like five hours drive from here.
1: When, when are you going? Uh, June. Oh, okay. Because yeah. we're planning to go in August.
0: Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, oh, maybe we'll meet up. You should stop by here. I mean, literally it's five hours of a drive from us, but I guess it makes no sense to go from, you have to go to Buffalo straight up. So. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But anyways, um, yeah. so that one's really cool. easy. Okay.
1: Okay. What about, what about Lila your is other just, daughter?
0: You know, she's like, just dirty. Like she just spills it's stuff just everywhere. Dirty. She's just, yeah. her, her bathroom. Is she's so, messy. She's
1: not dirty. She's messy. Yeah.
0: She's, she's, yeah, but she's not, she's like messy, but she's also like, she's like me. Like if she has, like if she's eating something and then like she spills a little bit on her shirt. Audrey would be like I can't present myself in this way like I need to go change Lila will literally just wipe it off with her hand be like I'm good like I don't care (laughs) and the thing is like and like even this morning she I gave her a toast with Nutella and she had Nutella all over her face and I said Lila your face is covered in Nutella she literally just grabs her shirt and wipes her face (laughs) like like, she doesn't care like she's just like whatever you know she's just everything is okay her bathroom is filled with toilet paper rolls Because she doesn't throw them in the trash. She just leaves them on the ground. She's just, and you know, I try to tell myself, like, this is also why she's such an easy child to raise. Like I have, Lila is such a chill person to raise. Like Mm. she's just not like an emotional person. She's not like a super sensitive person. She's just, everything is fine. And when I talk to my mom, my mom's like, oh, she's basically like you. Like when, you know, your brother and I, like your brother and you would go get like ice cream. You would both eat ice cream and you'd both spill stuff on your shirts. Your brother would be like, I need to go home and change. And you'd be like, mm. whatever, it'll dry. <laughs> you know, so like, I guess that's me. <laughs> but it's just sometimes I'm like, you're embarrassing me. Like, you look like a slob. <laughs> so, I mean, those up. are very concrete things to, you know, how they develop as people. Um, It's yet mm. to be determined. So, check yeah, back with yeah. me in like five years and I'll probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know it's so funny you. Christian Christian used to do that too when he was a little kid like when he was 10 years old he would just use his clothes as napkins yes! and I'm just like what are you doing what do you do he just doesn't care he's like
0: But the thing is, like, and I know I shouldn't be sexist about this. Like, I I I completely acknowledge, but I feel like there is a little bit more emphasis on like how girls present themselves. Like, I feel like boys, it's almost like allowed and permissible that they're disgusting. But like, you know, all (laughs) Lila's friends are have like perfectly done hair. Like they all look really cute. Like Lila's there with a Nutella like covered shirt, and like usually like one hair tie has come off. So she has like one braid and like one hair is all crazy. And (laughs) I'm like, this is not what you look like when I put you on the this morning like what has happened between the morning and 3 p.m
1: this has been a great opening question i didn't think it was going to be this full of color this has been fantastic fantastic mm-hmm. okay we we've learned some things about our ch- children but one of the things we do want to do now is we want to talk about um what we want to do is we want to talk about the Bible, actually. We want to talk about what has been some things we've been learning in Scripture these days, like maybe passages that we've read for a while, over and over, but yet God's teaching us new things. That's one part of it. And then the other aspect is, like, what are some of, like, your favorite Bible verses? Like, what is, like, Sue, would love to know what some of yours is. I'll share some of mine but like, what are some of your go-to Bible verses that you always go to whenever you might be struggling or different things like that? And so like, I just thought we could maybe have a a show on that and, you know, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully maybe it'll encourage some of us uh, who are listening uh, to also uh, maybe think about, yeah, what are some of the go-tos and what am I learning? And if you're struggling with the Bible, maybe this will encourage you, who knows, right? So, Sue, I know uh, you've been getting a lot out of the word these days. And so, um, Why don't, don't you go? Why don't lot. you share some something? What no, have you been no. learning? Let's let's see this. Well, first show the people what this Bible... Can I see the cover of this Bible? I and mean, it looks yes. real beautiful. It's like a piece it's of art. Free. Did you buy that in Italy? Looks like you brought that no, in. No,
0: it, it was Amazon. But um, yeah. I, I you know, Steve, when Steve came over, he looked at it, he's like, Ugh, ESV, I heard it's real sexist. I didn't even I didn't really look at what translation it was yeah. i bought it because it was pretty and also it's a journaling bible so there's like like a section on the sides where you can write your do, notes do you, you actually
1: journal you actually journal
0: well i will show you right now i am still well i'm reading the book of exodus so okay. that was like today so i I do write stuff see
1: oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. look at yeah. you yeah. All right, I, have I have to i have to or else i'll
0: forget you know it's like are you
1: are you still reading are you still reading the one your bible or no
0: no, I stopped doing that because I, okay. I, it was driving me crazy because I would skip days. So now I just right, 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 right. read it through. So I read one chapter in the Old Testament, one chapter in the New Testament, and then I read a psalm and some proverbs. I love it. Yeah. Damn,
1: girl, you almost copy what I'm doing. Amazing. That's the one year Bible okay. format. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But. One year you Bible. You know, not trademark
0: the Pastor Peter version of reading the Bible my version, reading
1: plan. Well, my version is actually, no, 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 no. Right now we're doing the one year, we're doing a uh, New Testament challenge. So I'm reading oh, one chapter right. in right. the New Testament, but I always read a Psalms. Like I always start with a Psalm and that's my beginning. I do a chapter in the Psalm. And then I, when I, when I don't read a chapter, I only read a last, So sometimes it'll take me like a week to get through one chapter. So I just read like anywhere between like, like seven to 10 verses at most. And uh, I just love chewing on it. I like I like reading reading the Bible repetitiously, mm. like a passage, just over and over and over again, and just trying to ask myself, ask myself, God, what am I learning, and what are you trying to say to me here? So anyway, that's kind of how I do the Bible. But anyway, we'll love to hear from you because you have this gigantic Bible mm. that is beautiful, but it's also can be a weapon that can be a substantial weapon. You can hit somebody with that and hurt them. I think it's so big. Uh, yeah,
0: it's good for offense and defense.
1: Oh, nice, That's nice, awesome. nice. Awesome. Good comeback. Good comeback. All right. Oh, so what, what do you got? You guys have not open there. What do you, what oh, do you got no, there? No, what I'm do you just looking there? through
0: because you know what? I, we usually record at 10, but we recorded at nine 30 and I literally did not. I was like, is it going to be breakfast or is it going to be prep? And, um, I chose breakfast. <laughs>
1: so- you got to feed the, you got to get the gains girl. You gotta, you gotta feed that bicep. No, not, right? You gotta feed that bicep. Like,
0: I don't even want to, you know, I don't think you'd want to record Anything with me when I'm in an hangry state, like it just it will just be a totally different vibe. Uh, and so I was yeah. like, God, is it going to be like bread of life or bread for yeah. my body? And I chose the bread well, for my body. Well,
1: well, you go, you go look for some passages, okay? And and I'm just going to share just some 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 themes that that I might be kind of going through or okay. things like that that I like to like always go to. So one of the best, if somebody says pray for me, um, you know, and and I tell them that I will. Um, I will usually pray Philippians one, nine through eleven. Philippians one, I'm, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's such a it's such a profound prayer. Like Sua, it's so beautiful. Like really, and this it? this is what I so here it is. So let's say Sua, if you told me, can you please pray for me, Peter? I'll say, sure. Yeah, I'll pray for you during my times of prayer. I'll say this. I say, God, I pray that your love will overflow more and more in Sua's life and that you will keep her. Uh, you that you will keep on growing and that she will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And so I kind of like, you know, and, and, and I make a specific to the person, but it's such a beautiful prayer. And so I kind of like pray that for people that say, hey, would you pray for me? And I was like, yeah, no, I'll pray for you. And I'll usually pray that prayer for them. Um, So that's like a beautiful prayer that I like to pray for for people. It's so beautiful. And that's a great prayer for you to pray. Like if you're doing a small group and towards the end, maybe you're finishing up and everything. You could just literally pray that prayer for the people in your small group. And it's really beautiful for public prayer. I think it's great. Um, so, but one of my favorite go-to uh, chapters in the Bible, and uh, I say chapter because Psalm is short, right? But uh, that I use, particularly when I feel like I'm being like, like demonically attacked mm. is Psalms 23. And that is oh, like it, my go-to. It's such a classic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Psalms 23 is so huge for me because uh, literally when Kayla was re- like, when she was a baby, she was being attacked by demons. And, um, at night she was having these night terrors and I didn't know what was going on. And I'm just like, what's going on? She just had a nightmare. So, but then like she kept pointing to like the air, like in different directions. She kept looking and getting scared and like, you know, putting her head in my, uh, in my chest cause she was too scared to look at it. And then I realized, oh my gosh, she's actually sees demons. That's mm-hmm. why she's freaking out right now. Like, this is crazy. So anyway, um, and I would, I would like read scripture. I would do the I am statements in John, and then I would do Psalms 23 and Psalms 23 is like uh, it is the go-to if you ever have moments where you feel like you're being overwhelmed. And um, you know, like couple couple nights ago, Sue, so, uh, I actually had uh, you know, like I, you know, I had a, a a nighttime visitation of a demon while I was sleeping. Mm. You know, that that pressure like that you feel, you can't speak, yeah, yeah, like a sleep paralysis. But the thing about it was, I was fully awake. Like I woke up, but I still felt that mm. presence, right? And you always kind of like at least for me, you always kind of struggle with your words. And no matter what, I always always use Psalms 23. and it just is victory. There's victory in that passage because you declare that the Lord is your shepherd, that you should not be in want, that he'll take you to the green pastures and, uh, and 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 he'll you know, renew your spirit and your strength. And even though you walk through the darkest valley of the shadow of death, you will feel no evil because his rod and his staff will be there to comfort you you know, and, uh, and that he will prepare a table before you in the in, in, uh, for all the days of your life when you're with him in the house of the Lord. So like, it's like, you say this and it's just like, you sense there's like this power and, and, uh, it's, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say that it's fun when I have these, when I have these nights, like I, when I have these dreams and these visitations, but I know exactly what to do at that point. I just, I I, I quote Psalms 23 and it's just You know, it's instant, you know, he'll, you know, the demons leave and then I'll cast out in the name of Jesus. I command you to go with Jesus sends you right now, go and be gone. Boom. And then it's over, you know, kind of a thing. So anyway, Psalms 23 is like such an amazing passage for me that I always like to go to um, in moments like that when I'm struggling. And then I think that the, probably the passage that has made one of the greatest differences in my life, in my pastoral career, and the reason why Metro is Metro is Matthew 25 and you know this 31 to 46. Yep. <clears throat> um, that to me when Jesus says, you know, like, you know, like this is the day of judgment when he would judge us based upon whether we have faith in him or not. And he says, I was hungry, did you feed me? I was sick, did you take care of me? I was naked, mm-hmm. did you clothe me? For whatever you did to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you've done it unto me. And then the people are like, but God, when did, Lord, when did we see you like hungry, sick or naked and and, he, and that's exactly what he says. And then he says to those for those who did not do that then uh, you, know, you will go to a place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So for me, like that's, those passages are just powerful reminders that have transformed my life. And I said, you know what? Our faith be deeply connected to how much we've loved and cared and fought for the justice of those people who are considered the least, the last, and the lost. And that's sort of like how the vision of Metro came about. It just made such a profound difference in my life because I said to myself when I was in seminary, I grew up my whole life and nobody ever taught me this. Nobody. You know, like we always thought, ah, you know what, let's go on missions. Let's help these people who are poor. Mm -hmm. Let's bring Jesus to them. There's like that sense of arrogance, like, oh, I'm bringing Jesus to you. I never thought in a million years that we do this so that we can meet Jesus, that Jesus is there with the least, the last, and the And it just transformed my life. And that's how the vision of Metro came about. And I just said, you know what, I I really sense God, I heard God say, you need to go back and you start a church that's really, that really cares about justice, advocacy, and compassion. And so that that passage has really, really transformed my life in a real big way. So that's been really good for me. So, yeah, those are some of the passages that I have that I just wanted to share. What about you, Sue Sua?
0: Just call me Susan.
1: I just call you Sue Su Sua. Maybe that should be like a, a lyric. Sue Su Sua.
0: Um, so, you know, like, I mean, I think I, I always have like favorite Bible verses, but I actually think... Yeah. I'm in an interesting place in my life where I'm reading the Bible just like through. So usually I'll pick a, ch- like a Bible book and I'll read, I'll read the book of John. Like I'll read the book of like, whatever, like, like, but now I'm doing this thing where I'm just reading it through. Um, yeah. And you know what? I have to say, it's really interesting because doing it this way, I don't know if it's just cause I'm getting old now. So I see a different like perspective on the Bible, but um, it's so interesting to see how consistent God's, Character is throughout even the Old Testament into the New Testament. And that's something new to me because the Old Testament was, I always had a bit of a mixed relationship with the Old Testament in general because I think it's just a difficult book to tackle. There's a lot of things right. that just don't make sense to me. If I look at it, it seems like it's so unfair or like it's it could even be sexist or it can be Mm -hmm. racist like there's certain things there that like I'm like I don't really know how that sits with me Um, Mm -hmm. but just reading it through like right now I'm in the middle of Exodus um, and it's it's so interesting to see that God's character just stays consistent throughout so for example um, I was just reading the part where um, God is going to pass over and he tells Moses to come but he tells the people that they have to do all of these things before they come to him Um, but I was reading it and I was so struck by God's like desire to dwell with his people. Like even though he knew that he had to be separated and he tells the people, you gotta do all of these things or tells Moses to go tell the people because or else like, it'll be really bad for you, it will not end well. You still Mm -hmm. see like his desire to like dwell with his people. And it was interesting because I was reading Exodus and that same day I was reading, I I think it was Mark. Now it's all blending, but it was the crucifixion And Mm. I just remember being struck because it was three days in Exodus, it was three days in the resurrection story. And I was like, here it is. It's like separated by like Mm. such a long period of time. But at the end of the day, the whole story is about God's desire to dwell with his people. Right. And Mm. it was just fulfilled then. And it was so weird for me to see the whole story from beginning to end. At the end of the day, even though all these different things are happening, his goal was to dwell with his people, to make a way um yeah and so i think when you read it like that and you try to see kind of like a macro perspective of it it makes so mm. much more sense to me um something else yeah. randomly like i've been trying to read the the old testament so i've been reading this book called the epic of eden by this professor who basically writes about um how to study the old testament it's such a yeah. good book like it's i've been listening to it on audiobook and there's times when i've had to literally like T- like stop my car because i'm like Wait, what what did she just say because i'm like trying to listen to what she's saying like there was this sorry i'm like all over the place but she was talking about no it's good um, she's giving a background right like the bible project yeah. guys always say that reading the old testament and even the new testament it's like preparing to go into a foreign country you can't just go in with your own ideas yeah. of what your culture is you really have to study the culture before you dive in it's a foreign land it's not it wasn't yeah. meant for 2023 you know Americans, you know, so you really have to kind of understand the perspective and the context. And she talks about, she talks about this whole and obviously you you're a doctor of ministry, you know, all of these things, but to me, she was talking about the whole patriarchal society and how the families were housed, and how everybody lived in one big area with different rooms, Mm -hmm. right? So there would be the patriarch. Mm -hmm. And then every time there would be a new family, you would add a room. And that's where everybody would kind of, and that's how, you know, you were part of that family. And she talks about Mm -hmm. how that's why when Jesus says, he's going to go ahead of you and make a room for you in your father's house. He's not just saying he's going to make this giant mansion. He's saying you're part of the family and we are the patriarch. Mm -hmm. Like God is a patriarch. I am the patriarch. And now you're part of this family. And I think putting it into Mm -hmm. that perspective, just like Makes a whole different understanding of what that means. Like when you just mm. before, I'm just like, okay, well, Jesus is going, he's gonna make a room for me, I'm gonna have a really nice mansion mm. with lots of jewels. But no, his point there is that we are a family now. Yeah. You know, you I'm getting a room for you because you're part of my family. Mm. And I think it just enlightened my understanding of what that meant. And so I really do wanna encourage people, if they have the bandwidth for it, it's so hard to read the Old Testament without the kind of cultural context that come, um, just giving a broad understanding of what kind of society they lived in, there's so many things that you forget. Like even reading the New Testament, there's so many times when it hyperlinks back to the Old Testament, but I didn't even realize it because I hadn't read enough of the Old Testament. So now Mm -hmm. when I'm reading the Old Testament simultaneously, there's so many themes that just keep coming back because the first century Jews, like they understood the old Testament. That was, they studied it like all the time. So when Jesus says something, they knew he was hyperlinking back to something said or something, but we don't because we don't read the old Testament. So we don't really understand the full scope of the story being told and how in the new Testament, everything that God ordained in the old Testament is being fulfilled in Jesus. We don't, Hmm. I think that's the thing that's really like stuck out for me recently is like, there's such a fulfillment it's not just jesus and that's a separate story it's it's a fulfillment of all of the things that yeah. they had been waiting for that god had promised them like so many 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 generations and years ago and i think to be able to see that scope of it has really kind of in like like enriched my understanding of reading the bible you know,
1: that's really great. I mean, I think one, one great resource you mentioned is the Bible project. They If mm-hmm. you YouTube them, they have uh, literally an animation of backgrounds of almost every book in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. And they'll just give you really great historical background to every book before you read it so that you have a good understanding of what's going on. And so we always do that to our um, folks who are doing the New Testament challenge. Before we start a new book, we always have them watch the um the Bible project to get a better understanding, you know, of why Matthew wrote Matthew We're in the Gospel of Matthew right now, why Matthew wrote Matthew, you know, things like that, why, you know, Paul wrote Ephesians and stuff. So so we do that and so uh, it's very helpful and I would highly recommend people to do that just to kind of understand like you said the historical background because it really helps you to see like when you talked about the rooms, that's really cool how you connected that with, you know, when Jesus says I will go ahead of you and prepare a room. Uh, you know, for you. So, anyway, yeah, I think that's really cool. Uh, one thing that really spoke to me recently, if I can just share, and then maybe you know, I don't yeah. know if you have other things you want to share, Sue, about the Bible, is um, like I just, I just love reading the Bible and just kind of get into a place where uh, it's, it's, you know, first of all, let me just say this before I say I love reading the Bible, I just want to acknowledge it's not easy for me either. It's, 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 it's a discipline that I have to keep going towards and and moving forward in. Um, But I, I actually, you know, it's, it's gotten to a place like there's this mode now that I read, not because I have to, cause I'm a pastor to Christian, but I read it because I'm actually enchanted with God. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like God's going to speak to me and she's going to share something with me. And that, you know, like, like we're always the best version of ourselves when we're passionate. Right. I mean, think about like when we first, you know, met our spouse and we started dating them, like, we're like the best versions of ourselves, <laughs> right? Like we're like so good. Like I, I still remember, Sue, like when I started dating, like when I, I dated uh, Jenny for like seven years, almost. She never picked me up in my house. I always went over and I picked her and her home was like well over 30 minutes away from my house. And I would, at times, th- this is the crazy. I would at times drive and pick her up and drive her Cause I live in Palisades park and I would drive to my town. We would eat Korean food and then I would drive her back <laughs> and it was fine. Why? Because I was so passionate. I was so enchanted with her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important that when we pursue God, when we read the scriptures, there has to be a sense of enchantment. Like, oh man, like I'm so, there's a passion there. And so, you know, for me, uh, I just, I'll just say this was a recent one. Um, I was reading Psalm 62 and this first just stuck out on me. Like I just kind of stopped reading it. I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. Mm-hmm. I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him. And at the time, you know, this is just kind of like with my son with his baseball, like I would always give him so much commentary, like on what he did wrong on a swing, his approach to his at bat, things like that. And like it was to a point like, you know, we don't we don't fight, whatever. But I can just I can just hear him just I can just see him thinking, Dad, you don't ever share with me any new information. Mm -hmm. Like every time it's like a broken record, you share with me the exact same (laughs) thing. But the kid is so sweet and nice. He'll never say that. He's just quiet about it. And just listens. And I just, and I was reading that. And this is just one aspect of my life. He just, you know, God was just saying, just be quiet. If you can be quiet, there will be victory that comes mm-hmm. from it. You know, like, just mm-hmm. be quiet. Like your silence is so important because in order for me to work in anything, Peter, your silence is required. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the same thing, like in life. Like when I struggled, you know, during the two years with an executive pastor at Metro, there were so many things that were going on, like tensions that I was struggling with, leadership and staff and things like that. But so many times, like you know, like I just realized, you know, I just had to be quiet, submit, and just move forward, and that's when the victory comes. I gotta be quiet, and I gotta let God do His thing. Sometimes we think we gotta be so super vocal in order for God to do His work, but I'm just learning these days in my life as I'm getting a lot older. The best work that we allow God to do in our lives is when we're silent mm-hmm. and we just go. I mean, there's because I'm I'm I, I would rather talk. I would rather you know refute and things like that. But that thing of silence, it's a sign of maturity. When somebody can learn to be silent, that's a sign of like maturity in some ways, you know? And so, anyway, so for me, that, that was the passage that really spoke to me recently. And I just cut, kind of wrote it down and I'm just journaling it and just saying, God, please help me to always maintain a posture of that type of silence. You know, like Jesus was silent when, uh, when, when Caiaphas and when, when these high priests were saying, Are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? Mm-hmm. And he was just quiet. He could have defended himself. He could have said, you know, all this, but he was quiet. And then it led to his death eventually. So there is this victory in silence. And so anyway, yeah. So that to me was a passage that really spoke to me. And it was just something that really spoke to my heart. And I was just so grateful for that. So whenever I get like a a, a verse that really speaks to me or passage, I actually write it out. I journal it because then it helps me to process it a bit more. So for me, that was just something that really spoke to me. And I just absolutely loved it. So anyway, that's just me. That's one of the things. Um, Anything that you have, Sua. Um, Any thoughts?
0: I mean, something else. I mean, I, I feel like I'm not like specifically naming Bible verses here, but um, something else that's like really been interesting, especially because in my small group, we've been studying the book of Kings. Um, and it was very, I, I keep thinking about what God means when he says to give him your heart. Like I, I'm trying to, like, I didn't, because sometimes it really confuses me, the people that God will reference as examples of faith, like Abraham, or like any of the patriarchs, Mm. or like even David, who God's always like a man after my own heart. And literally the number of times that the name David comes up as a reference in the book of Kings, like as my servant, David, I will do this because of my servant, David. And I look at David's life and especially towards the end, like it was a little gnarly. Like it, it wasn't very like, gnarly. you know, a straight he was and narrow behaving
1: arrow. very badly at the end. Yeah. yeah.
0: But even like Abraham and, you know, Jacob, like all these people that are like yeah. the patriarchs of our faith, like he keeps yeah. referencing, like, eh, I mean, they're not really perfect examples and it just made not so much that like, I'm judging them. Like, yes, I know everyone says, Oh, isn't it great that God chooses these like broken people? Cause it should teach us that you know he can use us yes i get that but it's just I, I was trying to figure out like what does that mean like what is god's criteria for like a person who mm. is after his heart or gets his heart or has an undivided heart and yes i get it's not not making mistakes like it's not perfection i get that so then what is it right um and i think as i was really thinking and meditating through the word it's you know And you know what? I know not everybody wants to have children, but I have to say there's something really intuitive about being a parent and then having God described in that parental relationship role. Like God is absolutely. You learn so much more. You just really understand in so many different ways without even really having to study it. Like you just Mm -hmm. get it. Um, And it made me, and I realized, or at least I feel that I realized that, um, God just wants us to see that he has our good, he has good intentions for us that he wants to provide for us. And I think we doubt that all the time. Like we doubt, like even with the Israelites as they're coming out, they sing this great song of praise. Like we have been liberated, like blah, blah, blah. And then literally right back, they're grumbling like, oh, there's no water. There's no food. There's no meat. Might as well just have died as a slave eating meat. And you know, it's, it's, it's because they don't, believe that God's heart is for them, you know, and they're basing Mm -hmm. their relationship with God on the things that God's giving them. But at the end of the day, they're not really understanding what God's heart is, which is that they want it to, he wanted to set them free. You know, they don't, they don't believe that God's going to provide for them. They don't trust that he's for them, not against them. And I think it's the same Mm -hmm. exact problem with us is, you know, so many times, like I base, whether, like my trust in God on the things that he gives me. But at the end of the day, like God just wants me to believe that he is for me and that he is not against me, that he has plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Like he just wants me to believe that as a parent, he asks me to do certain things because he has my good like in his heart, not because he wants to harm yeah. me or because he wants to assert his power yeah. or because he just yeah. wants to do it because I said so, you know, and, um, as we mature in our relationship with God, I think he's starts showing me little snippets of his heart. I actually shared this with Steve, um, recently, cause we were on the phone about something and I was telling him about, um, how, how I have like legalistic tendencies. And remember when I fasted shopping you for think? like, no. mm, yeah. yeah. Um, so remember I told you that like I had that weird moment where I felt like maybe there was like a 0.01% chance that God came into my dream and told me to uh, yeah. fast shopping. So yeah, I, I don't
1: think it was a 0.01%. Mm-hmm. It was a lot harder than that. But, so but that's your it. interpretation, by the way. I yeah. did it,
0: but I broke it at one point. When I went to Las Vegas with my husband, I actually shopped. And the thing did you is- you say
1: Las Vegas, Las Vegas instead of Las Vegas? Viva Las uh, Vegas. Okay. Um,
0: I broke that rule and then I went shopping. And I'll mm. tell you what my thought process was. If this was even like two <laughs> What's years your thought ago?
1: process, I want to see the thought process of a legalist. Go yeah, for I'll it. tell you.
0: Two years ago, yeah, I would yeah. have been like, absolutely no way. Like I would never break this rule. Like I have told yeah. God yeah. that I will yeah. not shop and I won't do it. But when I went to Vegas, I was like, you know what? I can shop. And but the reason why I felt free to do that was because I felt like I understood where why God was telling me to stop shopping. Like he wanted me to stop being distracted in my daily life. Every time I check my emails and there's a new sale, he was like, you spend so much of your life distracted about what should I buy next? I want you to think Mm. about my things more. And so it wasn't so much that when I was in vacation, before it would have been about the not breaking the rule. It was about the not shopping, but it's not about the not shopping. It's about God wants my heart. So, right, right. It doesn't make me feel any less or any more that i'm shopping on my vacation because at the end of the day i understood what god's intention was there mm. like his intention was mm. not stop spending money stop shopping his intention goes beyond that his intention is think about me like think about me yeah. in your daily life you know what i'm saying and so yeah. i think as you yeah. start understanding god's heart It becomes less about the law and the law becomes less oppressive. It becomes more like he did this as, you know, quote unquote, as a guardian until you were mature enough in your relationship to see where he was coming from, you know? Right. Hopefully that makes sense. Right. Absolutely. Okay. It
1: totally makes sense. You know, obedience shouldn't be done so that we can feel accepted by God, right? Obedience, we obey because we've already been accepted by God, you know? And I think that's like the... The biggest thing, like if we're just obeying and doing things because we feel like, well, I got to do this now, God commands it and I want to be a good Christian, then, you know, that's, it's, 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 it's very Old Testament lifestyle, you know, and I think part of this is that there's grace and, you know, we, we obey Jesus and that's just because we surrender to ourselves and we surrender our lives to our King. And that's why we do it. And we just actually long, like we actually find joy in doing it rather than I just have to do this because I'm a Christian, but there's actually joy because at the end, like you said, you get a chance to get a deeper inner connection with God in his heart. You get to know his heart more. And as a result of it, like you can go to Las Vegas and say, you know what? I think I got the message, God. Okay. You know, and and I'll, and I'll shop now. But I just, one of the things I want to say is this, like spirituality is so messy. It's not supposed to be neat. And that's why God can use people like a David. You know, God can use people like an Abraham, you know, and stuff like that, because it's always been messy and God could use the 12 disciples, you know, as as well. So spirituality is never meant to be this neat, perfect thing. It's always it's always messy. And and, and in many ways, I think like Jesus loves the mess of our uh, the mess of our lives. Because in many ways, that's kind of how he can help us to gain deeper understanding of who he is and his love and his guidance for our life. So, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. And that's why I think when you read these biblical characters, like, I get so much encouragement out of it. Like, like I'm just like, thank God. Like, God could still use anyone. If he can use somebody like a David, if he can use somebody even like an Abraham after what he did to his wife. I was like, if he could do like, you know, if he could use like Peter. Like, that's why I love my name is Peter. Can <laughs> I read Peter. I'm like, man, what a Oh, like he just dropped the ball oh, all the time but i'm like i love it i love it because at the end of the day it encourages me spirituality was never meant to be needle perfect it was always meant to be this messiness because at the end of the day and i think theologically because christ has died for us on the cross and resurrected from the dead like the spirit lives inside of us and so like in first yeah. corinthians it says that when god sees us that we are in christ so that means god sees mm-hmm. christ in us mm-hmm. and that's why he can see us he doesn't see what we do right what we do wrong, he sees Jesus living inside of us. And that's what he sees. And that's why this, 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 you know, Jesus is, is, is everything to us because in that sense, we can approach the throne of God. Always. We have access to him always. And in many ways he's got us because he's covering us. It's what he did that allows us to go before our father and we get to live in this life. It's the acceptance that we receive. And so that's why we obey. We obey because of that amazing, profound love and to the best of our ability, and I even think when we sin, I still think there's an obedience thing there, because when we sin, then we have to like do the right thing. When we sin, we should still obey. We should still confess, repent. Like that's it. God knows we're gonna sin. It's like you're like, come on. Like He knows we're gonna. He knows how broken and frail we are. But it's are we gonna really repent when we sin? That's the thing. And so many Christians, I don't think, really repent you know, and sin, uh, when they sin, they just kind of just say, God, forgive me. And that's it. But I think there's a deeper step in saying, well, listen, let's talk more about this because we don't ever want sin to be so big in our life where it destroys us and destroys our relationship with God and other people. So, yeah. So, you know, the Bible helps us to really get there and, and we get to see that in all the different stories and and the different uh, books in the Bible that we get to read. It really helps us to grow deeper in our understanding of who God is and how much he loves and cares for us. So the Bible isn't perfect, right? So, I mean, it's not perfect, but at the end of the day, well, it's... God's word to us and it stood the test of time what what were you saying?
0: No, I I think that people will be upset that you said the Bible is not perfect
1: (laughs) it's not perfect yeah what do you mean it's not perfect
0: because the translation is not perfect
1: yeah you know when I say it's I mean it's not I mean listen it's not these group of people I mean I guess like I don't want to use that word inerrancy because I think that's that's a very American thing like Bible is God's word so I'm not saying that that's perfect the Bible is God's word Right. But you'll see stories in the Bible like of misogyny. You'll see stories oh, yes. of, like okay. just horrific yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, my God, I can't believe this is in the mm-hmm. Bible, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy. It's not perfect, it's imperfect people trying to live their lives with God. And that's the most beautiful thing about it. Right. And that's what spirituality is at the end of the day. It's our imperfections, and God comes. And it's our deep, deep need of someone who's actually perfect. And that's Jesus. That's it. And that's that's the thing about spirituality. When we can come and embrace the imperfectness of our own lives and our messiness and our weaknesses, then we start to realize that I need to depend upon someone who's not weak, who's not messy. And there's then that's only Jesus. And it allows us to like, you know, uh rely upon him in that way. So yeah, you know, so the Bible. The Bible isn't perfect in that sense, I will say, but that at the end of the day, like, you know, but it's it's the perfect word of God that helps us to live our life the best we can. And it's still the number one way. It's still the number one way, bar none, in how God speaks to us. today. I will
0: say, like if, though, you, if you um, want to no.
1: hear God speak. Yeah. No, no. If you want to hear God speak. It's the Bible. So anyway, that's all I want to say. What do you want to say? No, no,
0: I'm trying to think of like, um, because I know that there's people listening and they're just like, yeah, but it's so boring and I just don't get anything out of it because, um, you know, I I totally get that. Um, And also, the Bible is scary because the Bible has been misused by people for their own agendas so many times and in so many ways and even now politically people are using the bible and jesus's message to kind of they've co-opted it to kind of support their own agendas um which is a, Mm. a tale as old as like time because even you know okay when i read so i was reading like matthew and mark and the number of times that jesus straight up tells his disciples i am gonna die and then i'm gonna come back alive like plainly and they still are like, what do you, like when he dies, they're like, oh, he's dead. And they still don't understand that he's going to come. Like, it was really odd for me because yeah. I'm like, but he literally multiple times says it in plain language. I yeah. will be given over. I will die. I will come back. Don't worry. like, And they missed that. And I was trying to figure yeah. out, like, why did they miss that? He literally told them, you know, what do yeah. you mean? You did. Why were you afraid? Like, why didn't you believe that he came back alive? He literally told you he was going to die and come back. And then it was like. That's how we read the Bible though, right? Like we take God's word and we only look for things that fit our expectations. (laughs) We come to the Bible with our own expectations and that's why we're so deceived all the time because we don't see God for what he's saying to us. We see, we try to figure out a way to make God's word fit our own agendas or our own expectations. And yeah. it doesn't even have to be anything as powerful or as lofty as like political campaigns, literally, even for myself, like I'll read the Bible, like, okay, I'll give you an example. Remember when I said in another episode about how I loved Hebrews and I talked about like, mm-hmm. you know, what faith is, faith is, you know, what, what you can't, you know, like the culmination of what you can't see. Do you know why I love that passage in high school? Because I believe that that was about God giving me acceptance to the school that I wanted to go into. That's literally why I'm <laughs> okay? Then I did a study on Hebrews and I was like, that is literally not what God was talking about. But I put yeah. it on my yearbook. I was like, this is, God's going to give me victory. God's going to give me the wishes of my dreams. I can't yeah. see it yeah. because I don't know if my grades are up for it, but he's going to give me this. And that's what I believed yeah. that yeah. verse to be about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. in, in so doing, I completely missed what God was actually (laughs) trying to say. It's so embarrassing. But yes, that was when I was like 18, but I still do that now. And I think that's why for me, it's really important before I start Mm. reading the Bible to just like have a little bit of silence. Because I need mm-hmm. to be in a posture yes. where I am not bringing,
1: yes. God, I'm
0: having a real crap day today. Yes. And I need you to give me a word to come yes. Then I'm already coming
1: now, with
0: something that I'm looking for God to give me. That's
1: right. But sometimes right.
0: what God wants to give me is not what I want God to give me, right? He wants to yes. give me something that I need, not what I want. And so I think yes. it's really important to come with this open posture, like even like putting your hands up and be like, God, I don't know what you want to give me, but I want to receive what you want to give me and not try to force yeah. your word to fit what i want and i think that's where i went wrong a lot of the times when i was reading the bible and that's why i was getting frustrated because i was like that is not what i asked for god like this passage does not make any sense to me it doesn't fit what i wanted like what the heck but now when i read it i just read it completely with an open heart and say what is it that you want to speak to me and i think sometimes he'll speak sometimes he won't but i think it's a lot healthier because at least i'm not taking away (laughs) a perverted version of god's word
1: Right, right. You know, like you just said this. You said spend some moment in silence and just center your heart, right, before you read the word. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so key because what you're I think what you're trying to say is this is that you know, we can only get from the Bible, we can only really hear from God if we're willing to surrender ourselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And if we don't have that posture I don't think we can really get much from the Bible. Like if we're reading the Bible and we don't live our lives, and we don't believe that he's our king, that he truly is our God, and, and we don't believe that in our hearts. And we're not trying to at least posturalize in a way we're trying to su- surrender ourselves to him in that way. I don't think the Bible, you can get much from the Bible because then mm-hmm. the Bible will be very much so like, oh, I'm going to read this because I need to affirm that he's going to help me to go to school. Right. Exactly. You know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. And so it becomes very selfish. It's really about God. What What's what's in it for me now when I read this? But when you're reading, a sur- when you're reading in that posture of surrenderedness and I'm telling you, for me, there are days where I don't hear nothing from God, but I'm just like, but I'm still here and I'm surrendered mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. no matter what. And that's an end in and of itself. That I'm here. I'm surrendered, and I'm trying to learn more about you and hear from you as I'm reading the word. And that's all I care about. Like, if you speak to me about certain things, amazing. But if you don't, it's okay. I'm here because I am surrendering myself to the King, to the King, and I'm doing this. And so, like, I think that posture is so important before we go into reading the Bible. And so that's that's really important. Like, why are you reading it? What is your motivation behind it? You know, are you just reading it because you want to feel like a good Christian? Are you doing it out of duty? Are you doing it because you want to, you know, lead a real powerful Bible study tonight? You know, why are you really reading the Word of God? If it doesn't help, if if, if it's not that you want to live a more surrendered life to Him, and you really want to live a life where you can surrender yourself to His Lordship through the Word, and as He speaks to you, I don't think God's going to really speak to us, right? Because if we're not willing to surrender ourselves to His Lordship, why would God want to speak to us in that way, right? Because then we're not going to live, we're not going to try to live our lives, obediently. And we're not going to take to heart the things that he's trying to say to us. So I don't know. That's kind of my thoughts as we wrap up. But any other thoughts from you, Sua, before we wrap up?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, and I think for me, I'm such a logical person um for a long time it was really difficult for me to read the bible because if you look at the bible and read it on a logical lens it's really hard to understand some of the things like it just doesn't make sense and it you just i get so frustrated um but you know one of my favorite passages since we're talking passages romans 8 such a classic um but Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the times we emphasize the part where nothing can separate us from the love of god right that's kind of like the one that we all love but the whole beginning of that chapter is all about the holy spirit right um how the holy spirit is here he intercedes for us and it's like we all have if we have accepted jesus we all have the holy spirit like you said living in us right um the spirit is there to like help us read the word it's not like this you know sorry i'm gonna go off like a little tangent the number of times in the old Testament where there's something that says, and the Holy spirit came upon him and blank, right? Like the Holy spirit came upon, you know, the prophet, like Zechariah, And he did this and the Holy spirit came upon Mm -hmm. John the Baptist and he did this, but it's like that literal same Holy spirit is now inside of us, which is why Jesus said, like John the Baptist is like the greatest that was ever born out of a woman, but the least in his kingdom is greater than John the Baptist because now, like Mm -hmm. you said, The Holy Spirit is literally in us. We can live with Jesus in us. Like when God sees us, he sees Jesus. That's why we're there. And I think, man, like we are just not. And I see, I speak this for myself. Like it's such a tragedy because I spent so much of my life not understanding that the Holy Spirit is inside of me trying to help me do this it's not like God's like some weird like labyrinth in like the Greek mythology where like mm-hmm. if you get this riddle then I will give you this like he wants to right like that's right that's who right wants to be near, he's
1: given right? us the tools he's given us yeah. the tools to succeed in this yeah
0: so it shouldn't you know it shouldn't be discouraging to us it just means that we just need to keep growing and just asking the Holy Spirit to like show us something that we just can't see for ourselves. And I think yeah. it's that you're, you're right. It's that surrender. It's not us. Yeah. It's the spirit showing us what we can never get with our own logic or, you know, understanding.
1: Yeah. You know, it's that idea of like, are, you know, are, are we willing to die to ourselves at the end of the day? Right. Cause Jesus, says if you want to follow me, you got to pick up your cross and follow me. And there's that, there's that decision that we have to make. Are we willing to die to ourselves, our own ambitions, our thoughts, mm. all that stuff. And are we willing just to follow Jesus. And I hope that we will. I hope that we will. And as we read the scripture, uh, it'll really speak to us, I think, uh, when we're having that posture of dying to self and trying to read. And like you said, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And this is why God could speak to us, because the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit speaks to us. And when we're reading the Bible, God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit and we hear him. And so I hope that, you know, we all can get more interested and excited about, you know, connecting deeper with the Holy Spirit and getting to know the Holy Spirit more you know, as a result of it, a book I would encourage anyone to read if they want to know more about the Holy Spirit would be The Forgotten God by Francis Chan. I think it's a good, like a, like a, like a one-on-one, a good beginner to kind of learn more about the Holy Spirit and can help, can really help us to learn more and, uh, and, and grow in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. But anyway, we are out of time. So, Sua, thanks so much for your wonderful insights about scripture. Yeah, really. Tangents, my weird tangents. Yeah, your tangents no 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 those tangents are really <laughs> special they're really special but again if you guys have any thoughts any comments we'd love to hear from you all right you can comment on our uh, posts that we put up or you can just email us sue or peter at weekpastor.org. we'd love to hear from you all right so thanks so much for listening have a wonderful wonderful day and we'll hear, we'll be back next week take care <laughs> bye